And so she's just doing these weird twitch kicks right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm drunk. (laughs) Do you just mimic? Do you mock my burp? (laughs) I I did not confirm or deny. This end of this glass, I think this means I've consumed a whole bottle of wine. So nice, <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the drunk mystery and history. Oh my god, <laughs> that was terrible. Boom, boom, boom. Don't hire me for your tunes. <laughs> no one will fucking buy what you're selling. Welcome back to the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast, guys, fucking drink edition. But this is the podcast where we talk about murder mysteries and mishaps while being uh, them ourselves. Yeah, I'm Kristen. Sarah here. Hello. Hello, hello. What's up? It's the start of something new. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just had major flashbacks to when I owned the High School Musical Karaoke Edition for my PS2. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to have flashbacks of, like, Vanessa Hudgens because I am her, but that's that's good. (laughs) No, I just remember trying to nail that song on the karaoke, and I could not. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, no, I obviously could not either. (laughs) It's, oh... Zac Efron, Dreamboat. Have you watched his uh, travel docu-series on Netflix? Yes, and I love it. It was so cute, right? It was really cute. I Aww. really did like it. Me too. It was, like, funny and cute. They're uh... also, <laughs> like, admirable. Also, it helps that he is really fucking hot. But uh, they're also coming out with a new season, I heard. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Or they were, like, filming a new one. But I like how he is trying to, like, bring education. Awareness, to... yeah. Yeah, all the shit. Same. So. Very noble, and I like it. It's a good look on We're him. bowing down from I this dig end, it. okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am putting down what you're throwing down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's how it goes. If that's how it goes, we hope you are also putting down what we're throwing down. I also hope y'all are throwing down what we're picking up. Wait, mm-hmm. I'm picking up what you're throwing down, dude. Yeah. Huh? Sure. Yes. We hope you like us <laughs> because here we are. <laughs> Can you tell that this is not a drunk fucking episode? Goddamn. <clears throat> All right, sorry. Uh, we so, hope you like us. <laughs> we hope so, because here we are. So, yes, this is our drunk mystery in history. We are going to try and do one at the beginning of each month. Just to give us a break, you know, we fucking started school again. What can you fucking do about that Ew. other than um, just, like, give yourself as much time to procrastinate as possible. So here's 
the drunk mystery in history coming at you. It's a cute little snippet, and I think maybe a little bit lighthearted break. Good. I don't know. Because in mine, you know, someone did die. I mean, a lot of people, Two people died, died but it's very informational. Okay, yeah. It, it's it's good table talk, even. Oh, love table talk. Love Something table talk. Something I can talk. weird so, out an acquaintance with. You, yes, you can throw it at your grandma and she's going to be like, honey, do do I need to send you to go get a lobotomy like we did my brother? <laughs> I know a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it's fucking here. It's coming at you. And <laughs> we already did Sarah's. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we did an intro to that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... We did hers quite some time ago, so here is Sarah's episode, and then we're going to cut over to mine. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay, girl. What is my favorite daytime drink that's not alcohol? Oh. Oh, shit. I'm a bad friend. (laughs) It's not water. No, it's not water. Coconut water. No, it's not any kind of water. Coffee. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my god! All I drink is water, coffee, alcohol. I'm sorry. I I really had to think for a second because sometimes we put alcohol in our coffee, so it just got me a little bit confused. I just had to think about that. We're good. We're good. Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. Obvious. Yeah. That's that's very obviously it's coffee. Okay, yeah. I was like, shit. What else does she drink? I was trying to think of like a soda. I was like, shit. All she drinks is coffee, mimosas, and fucking beer. (laughs) In wine. Keyword: coffee. Um. So my story for the drunk mystery in history for tonight is the New Sweden Maine Gustav. Adolf Lutheran Church coffee poisoning. Oh, that is not the turn. <laughs> One, that title is a mouthful. I know. And I kind of want you to say it again because I'm like, huh? But okay. I will say, I'm proud I got it, I think, in one take. Yeah, no, I will you did. definitely say it again. So it's. And no, 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 when no. I refer to it later, I will um, not say it in the full name. So I'll just uh, yeah, say I... New Sweden. So this title of the story was kind of long and a little detailed maybe a little vague at the same time so before I get into the whole poisoning aspect I'm gonna go into the history and a little information of the town of New Sweden where this takes place so New Sweden is a town in northern Maine of the USA New oh. Sweden as well. I don't. I don't know why I thought this was in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. I wonder okay. why. Inter- international. I was expecting in my mind. I was just thinking like clogs and like a nice blue river and maybe some like some braids with some, some snow. Yeah, some like braids with some blonde hair in them yeah okay so we're we're in america okay yes we are (laughs) 
New Sweden, as well as its surrounding areas, are what's left of the Swedish migration of the 1870s. So, in the early years, the town prospered, and it grew and, you know, expanded into the surrounding areas. And so, <laughs> we're fast-forwarding a little bit into 2003. The population was still only about six to 700. Okay. They were known for their potato farming, um, but eventually even that was dominated by the Pacific Northwest. There was an Air Force base in the area, but it was also closed uh, around the same time because the economy was just hit really hard. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'm sorry. The economy was just hit really hard. It was <laughs> so fucking hard and deep and it was like really thick that's what she said <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, I'm back to being 14 did I fucking fuck it <laughs> enough about New Sweden dude okay we're gonna get into the background and a little bit of information on the Gustav Adolf Lutheran Church yeah, because... Okay. I thought churches... You can't drink caffeine. Yeah, you can. You can't poison people, though. For sure, that one. That's a <laughs> no-no. God did... They did say in the Ten Commandments, thou shall not kill. They shall not do a lot of things. That's kind of bullshit. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the Gustav Adolf Lutheran Church is a congregation of the... In- that Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. It is named after a Swedish king from the 17th century. Oh. Yeah. It was formed or, like, organized in 1871. That's kind of like when my story is. Not really. But it's in the 1800s. Cha-ching! Yeah. So... Like, the church originally had a different location, and then later on moved locations, but the current location today is registered with the National Register of Historic Places. Um, It only, I think, changed locations once, so the second location remained the the current, so. Is this the location where the event happened? Yes. Okay, so if I were to go to that church today, I could be like, oh, yes, a lot of people died here. <laughs> yes. Okay. And all this to know. Some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just feel that morbidity pouring in my veins. Yeah. And um, if you go throughout, if you go research the history of the church, it also had a previous name. And because, like, dating back, it had a previous name of, like, uh, maybe someone who, regarding someone who named the town, the name of the town. Uh, like whoever paid for the town. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, like more historical. Whatever, whatever rich person. And then later on when it actually got under the church of whatever, mm. it changed, changed. names. Got so it. I don't know. It's not really important to name, but you know, the history of places, you know, they always kind of. 
it's just there. good to know if you do you I ever do even you, though i don't even know what i'm telling you guys it's all kind of just like hey if you ever want to impress a date you just maybe click the links that we have down below <laughs> instead of listening <laughs> to this podcast but sarah read these <laughs> articles <laughs> Uh, I did and read they have, some of them. And okay. they, they no, have great information uh, in them about right, this. I do, know, I do know it got its current name in 1896, okay? Okay. But <laughs> um, it just, I didn't feel a need to go too much into the church's history and background and yeah, all I the mean, million names and all the, un, like, they had different names because they went through different organizations and agencies that, like, changed the names so I didn't, they're like, that's not what this story is about. Like, that's not the point of this story. So oh, I didn't feel like it was care. important to include it. I like, don't... I know, like, it sounds like I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it's like, it's just not important for this we're, story. So we're true crime junkies. Eventually. I just get straight to the murder, baby. Right. So eventually it was called Gustav Adolf Lutheran Church. And that is what it's called throughout the duration of my story and I didn't want to go too in depth with the history okay okay you're good you're good I don't let's be honest I don't like history all that much (laughs) I always fall asleep in my that was lovely (laughs) I uh, history wasn't my favorite long story short yeah I was about to say I always I always fall asleep in my history class because it was um a snore. Yeah. God damn it. I remember having one of those dreams. Like, where I was asleep on my desk, and I had a dream of me, like... I don't think it was of me falling, but I had, like, a, some kind of weird impact in and my then dream. And then you did the... Where I shook on my desk, and I sat up. <laughs> and it was during, like... The room was dark. It was during, like, a PowerPoint presentation or something by the teacher, not, like, another student, but... I just remember like shaking and waking up, and everyone was just like, <laughs> "I had one uh, history teacher that would like to um, awkwardly put his foot up on the empty desk, <laughs> like just one foot up, and then do the little." arm over the propped elbow oh, and do the little God. lean to the Ew. front little, little groin lean well let me show you what i got lean she's like <laughs> oh that's lovely thank you thank you history teacher thank you and that's why i suck in history <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. My class was just so boring, and I was asleep. And, uh, God, what year was it? It was, um, I think, my junior year, and it was the class that I had after lunch. And so at lunch every day, yeah, I was just, just done. We had, no, we had off campus, so we were going to people's houses, like, not every day, but most days, like, drinking, smoking, having a we're partying dude and even not that like days we weren't doing that it was just my girlfriends and I actually just eating lunch at her house but we're still just having such a fun time where we'd go back to the next class and we'd either be like kind of dazed or like hyped up just because you know and I told I 
I said it once, I'll say it again. I went to high school high one time. (laughs) (laughs) Just once. I got really, really high. And in first period, (laughs) I remember pulling out an apple. And there was a girl that I had cheered with. And I... (laughs) <laughs> like the fucking Twilight Saga novel, like turned around with this apple in both of my hands, and I go, "Isn't it weird if I eat this apple right now?" Because I'm really hungry. <laughs> and she's like, "I think that's okay." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, thanks, Kristen." I never, I. Never went to school high again, ever, ever. I went to school high three high. I went to high school high th- three and a half years. No, I didn't. I, <laughs> of I, high school. <laughs> I'm sure y'all are wondering why I've gone into depth about like this churchy stuff. So and our history, <laughs> our history teachers. I know, I know. This is a drunk mystery in history, so I am drunkenly giving you some history information, which is good, and right? A little bit of Jesus, and sprinkled with a little bit of life experience and trauma. I'm uh, oh, <laughs> actually yes. overdosing you with like hardcore personal experience. Wait, yeah. not personal no, experience. Well, you I haven't, have yeah. I haven't been poisoned, but I've been date raped. Drugged, not date. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and, and here we and go. That's not what I meant to say. And <laughs> everyone just clicked. All right, I'm gonna my... redo that whole thing. One and a two and a three. <laughs> Can I please open my truly right now? I just have to. Yes, please. Enough about the church background and history because we are about to get on to the main event, y'all. On April 27th, 2003, churchgoers attended the Sunday service at the Gustav Adolf as normal, as they would do every single Sunday. Every Sunday after church services, members would gather in a nearby room, you know, aside from their, uh, what is it called? Like the church room <laughs> where they, where like they praise, the, uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. What do we It was like that? their outer uh, lobby or they it's had a separate room, <laughs> whatever for, uh, they would gather there for, we did it in a basketball, <laughs> yeah. in an indoor basketball Different places <laughs> do it in different locations and it's a little like more official or normal than that anyways Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this case after services members would gather for a nearby or in a nearby room for coffee and snacks you know pastries and just whatever little doodads (laughs) but the snacks were the like the snacks after the service that was the best part if you Honestly, can make it through the service, you get the fucking snacks, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't even. Okay, so I would just go straight for the fucking brownies, the cookies. I was like, like I, I was like seven years old going sandwiches. for the coffee. <laughs> okay, you, you, yes. This, now, 
now the addiction makes sense. Yes. My my dad would like give us girls coffee and I remember my youngest little sister, she was like it was fucking crack cocaine to her. She was Oh yeah. Ooh, Frappuccino, yes. And I I like literally I am someone who I only like coffee because it's popular and because so many drink people drink coffee i'm like oh yeah i have to drink coffee too and so i tasted it i was like why do people like this it tastes like shit well not only is it the taste not only is it the mindset of drinking the coffee but and then not only is it the caffeine but as as a young yeah but as a young child like i grew up on coffee like my dad would make me he would call it kids' coffee. It would be like a splash of coffee, but then it'd be mostly milk and sugar. So it wouldn't yeah. be actually coffee, but that my that's what started my love for the concept of coffee, you know? Yeah. So growing my up... My dad would straight up buy us Frappuccinos from Starbucks and then just hand us over to my stepmom like, yeah, they're fine. They're not cracked out on caffeine right now. You're yeah. good. It all makes uh. so much more sense now that I'm grown up. Like, why would they do that to me? My mom, my <laughs> mom like, wouldn't even what? let me have big red as a child, and then they're giving me. Anyways, I I would come back <laughs> home and my mom be like, "You had a Starbucks, Kristen." When when I went you to hang out to at friends' house, my mom would be like, "Don't give her soda, especially big red." <laughs> My mom used to tell me, Kristen, if you keep drinking coffee, you're going to end up like your grandma. Short. (laughs) Five foot two. Yeah. It did not stun me, bitch. (laughs) If it stunned me, I would have been like five twelve. taller than me. Six foot? Over six foot by now. Easily. Easily. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. So, needless to say, I uh, am a firm believer in coffee. <laughs> and needless to say, I think uh, Sarah would have probably died if she would have been in this event. I would have fucked. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. We shouldn't be laughing, really. Oh, my God. No, I, I honestly... <laughs> Maybe it was a good thing. Maybe it was. A I bad mean, I would have been because you I, would have been you would have been the warning sign because you would have just gotten because you know how they have those little ass cups too. Like they don't have big cups. They have those little ass cups. Yeah. I would have been standing there drinking no, cup after get, cup, and I would have been the first one to show or exhibit signs of poisoning because I would have been you. You at seven, you wouldn't even take the cup. You would just take the pot and pour it straight into your motherfucking gullet. So, yes. And then immediately start convulsing on the floor. So, maybe you should have been there, but I'm glad you're not because now you're here with me. Hi. Well, in 2003, I was fucking seven. Wait, I was like... Wait, so if we're 1994. Well, this happened in 2003. <laughs> we were in the 80s. No, it's 2003, bitch. <laughs> so we were Dude, we were nine. Why? So nine-year-old me would have been chugging all that coffee. <laughs> Dude, I thought we were in the fucking 1800s. You're trying to tell me that this happened when I was alive? Well, at the beginning of the story, I had said on April 27th, 2003 churchgoers attended the Sunday service Bitch, at I'm Gustav. I'm not paying attention. I, I only heard, I only started paying attention when you started talking about the information on the church. Okay. okay. I have 
So, um... Guys, I, I, I listen. I listen, okay? I just don't listen well. So, obviously, that day, the members of the church thought they were just having the most normal, lovely afternoon post-church service snacks and coffee, but... That makes a lot more sense because I was like, wow, that is amazing how in the 1800s they did the thing of snacks and coffee. <laughs> I was really... Sorry. I was just so like, wow, that's a really great long standing tradition that we've kept. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We need all of your blessings, aka like five star reviews, please. So they, you know, were gathering around for their snacks and coffee. But what the members didn't know this day was that something a little extra was added to their coffee. Unfortunately, a churchgoer, Walter Reed Morrill, 78 years old, (gasps) passed away the next day due to arsenic poisoning. Oh, I was, I, I'm so sorry, Arthur, that was his name. Walter. (laughs) Walter, fuck, I'm so sorry, Walter. (laughs) <laughs> I should edit this I really need to edit this no, out, that's I don't so know good. if I will um, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry Walter I thought you were about to say that he was the reason why this all went down no I'm not going to give it to you that shit. quick girl <laughs> damn that okay not only was he a church goer but he was actually a parishioner at the church and I did oh. read in one article that we he was the head altar boy. Yes. So he wasn't like just growing up. He's been no, like at 78. Oh, is that so adorable though? Like, I'm not I'm laughing crying. because it's funny. That is really cute. I'm like, it's just, it's, it's know. a very respectable thing for him at 78 to be the head altar boy. It's very, I didn't know that, that was a thing. and you know, because Kristen and I aren't as religious oh, and so, <laughs> and so for us to hear about a 78 year old parishioner, head altar boy it honestly like we respect people who believe in their own faiths and you know we don't like put anybody down like we you know we respect each other's religions or not religions or whatever and so to hear of like the 78 year old altar boy like head altar boy it just like it really really melts my heart and laughing if y'all haven't noticed laughing is my first it's It's my first go-to whether i'm upset happy sad uncomfortable nervous anxious like anything i'll laugh and so that's why i'll laugh and then i'll be like i'm sorry that wasn't funny or i'll be like i'm sorry like (laughs) i'm just gonna laugh and then i'll let you know why i don't mean to laugh (laughs) yeah Immediately after Walter Morrill fell ill and passed away, 15 other churchgoers ended up falling violently ill as well. Fuck. Yeah. So at first, food poisoning seemed plausible, you know, like yeah. uh, when that many people separately get admitted 
they're not looking at this as like a at the bigger picture they're looking at each individual being like oh maybe food poisoning blah 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 but no uh links were found with food that anyone had eaten you know because at the end of the day they did make obviously realize that 15 people were there with like similar symptoms and none of them had food links so yeah they didn't say like oh i went to church and i had the snacks and then i felt bad they probably like went on with like obviously i it was a thing with us after right so maybe go out to eat so they're thinking oh we went. it's in a small town so they were likely all at the same hospital and Mm. uh at first like when you're looking at the symptoms you're thinking maybe it's food poisoning but then they started put to, to put things together, such as, oh, these people all went to the same church. They didn't make any kind of food links. Like, no same person said they ate the exact same thing, except hmm. the coffee they drank. God damn it. Because that's my first go-to. I go straight for the fucking coffee, dude. It's such a smart way to fucking poison someone, man. I mean, coffee, it's the... Honestly, coffee is a drug. Caffeine is a drug. And I'm addicted. Hello, my name is Sarah, and I am addicted to coffee. Not even caffeine, just coffee. Yeah, like 98% of the other human race are also addicted. It's just like, what an ingenious way to poison a mass amount of people because no one would ever think. Right. And, you know, so it's ingenious and it was a great way to mass poison people. But fortunately, the 15 victims that were hospitalized with the symptoms after blood test results showed that it was due to arsenic poisoning they were able to save those remaining 15 and that's good so basically the only person who died from this poisoning incident was walter morrill sorry i don't know if they had said but were any of the other victims close to his age or do you think that age had to do had to be like the main factor as to why Um, he probably passed no it was a variant of age and it you know, it was probably, like, majority of them were older just because of, like, if you look at the crowd. The church scene. The church scene. Yeah. Like, the crowd of people who go to church, especially in a smaller town. Like, um, but luckily, you know, if age did it's, have anything no, to do with it, I feel like more people lucky. would have died maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just wondering as to why... I, I mean, honestly, he may have just been like you and was fucking guzzling the <laughs> coffee pot from the beginning. And right. He probably just, like, may have had an extra glass, but that's... It's, I just thought it was... Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So the investigation on the poisoning happened the next day. So Monday the 28th, Good. 2003... I'm glad to know we're still in 2003. The investigation starts April 28th, 2003, the day after churchgoers drank their after-service coffee. Mm. Detectives set out to the church to see what's up, yo, because they're like, hello, this is the link. We have to go check it out. 
And, like, could this person possibly fucking strike again? Obviously. Like, and, like they why? have no idea at this point who did it, what the motive was, yeah. like, if they could do it again. Who knows? So detectives did have a feeling that whoever did this was to blame... <laughs> Scratch. Detectives had a feeling that whoever was to blame didn't act alone. That was just their instinct, though. I don't know why they thought that. Like, maybe they thought just for how big the congregation was and the act of poisoning, like, there had been, like, a lookout. Like, that was, like, their first guess. It's like, they couldn't have acted alone, so. But it takes one person to just spill a thing in a vat of coffee. Like, it's not that complicated. And we'll see just, like, literally how wrong and off they they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were focusing in on six to ten members out of the church's 50 members. Oh, 50 members. The church. (laughs) Yes, there we go. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere. (laughs) It was somewhere in that brain. Not huge. Um, But still a good amount. But of the 50 members, you know, they were all getting fingerprinted, interviewed, and this definitely created... A paranoia within the church members and like its community they were but thinking like, like oh someone here must have done it like who did like, it oh my god know, how would you know that it wasn't some random christian hating person that and was it could have like, been yeah I but mean, like, you know it causes that is- natural hysteria where people literally started to be suspicious of their family friends and neighbors yeah. <laughs> i i could get that I mean, yeah, because what other option do you have? It's either some random person came in, and if so, like like we have said many a times in other podcasts, it's like, what, 1% to 5% that that actually happens. It's a random person with no motivation. So yeah. the probability of it being your neighbor is just, like, so much more likely. I can understand why people just automatically assume, like, Susan, Bobby, you're sketchy as shit, and I'm going to burn your house <laughs> to the ground. Well, the same theory would be confirmed when a coffee sample is taken from the church the day of the incident, or probably, you know, I write that in my my notes, but I'm thinking it was the next day, Mm -hmm. probably when it was taken. Probably, yeah, when they realized that, hey, people were right when it when the investigation started, literally, like I said, on the next day, so, um... Anyways, the sample that they took from the coffee pots showed a very high level of arsenic. Damn. Apparently, it's pretty common to find small traces of arsenic in the water in the rural main area (gasps) because it was used as a pesticide once. Uh. But they ruled that out to being the cause pretty freaking quick. (laughs) Because... Okay, wait, but I'm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because wait but can, we, but can we give, can we give just, just a moment Why? <laughs> so there was literally arsenic in these people's water and we just dude there's arsenic in everywhere i promise i mean yeah everywhere. fish fish were definitely for sure getting antidepressants because of our <laughs> but i mean come on guys we gotta maybe do a little bit better than that i'm sorry I'm just a little... I gotta take a second to... Okay. Yeah. Dude, there's second. shit in 
all of our water, and that's why I do not fucking trust any. It's a what? Am I gonna drink Brita? Don't Brita. Do you real t- a Brita is gonna work through the antidepressant drugs? You know what? Are... I'll use a Brita, and you know, as much as I love bottled water, it contributes to waste heavily, and. Brita is just where it's at. Or some kind of water filtration system. See, but I'm poor. <laughs> no, it's cheap. Yeah, you know what I did? I got the uh, I got the big jugs of Ozarka, and then I just recycle them. Yeah. And so I don't buy individual bottles anymore. I just buy, like, one big bottle, and then I buy a little... But you still buy big, 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 big Like, the big gallon <laughs> jugs. The big, huge jugs. But I either <laughs> I either refill them or I recycle them, so... Okay. But... Dude, I can't judge, because I've been buying bottled water for the past, like, five months. Bitch, and we're just now deciding to use our Britter again. Britter. It's so... <laughs> Britter. It's so just... It's so, uh, like... What I read some article or like some whatever it was like ninety eight percent of shit that we recycle just ends up in China's landmines and <laughs> or like a it's all fucked yeah. like, <laughs> like we don't even fucking recycle it so what does it matter we're not doing it it's all fucked uh, see I'm not laughing because it's funny I'm laughing because it's fucking insane and sad okay it's okay. like okay we just had a lot of rain. Global warming. We just had snow. Global warming. What's happening? Global warming. (laughs) During their investigation, uh, you know, the police or whoever found that the church's water and the sugar sources tested and popped up negative for arsenic, which meant that those were not the sources of the arsenic, you know, found in the coffee pots. Well, I'm so glad the that only... arsenic is no longer in the water. <laughs> right. Even in small doses. Yeah. Like I mentioned, arsenic was found in the coffee pots used to serve the coffee. So arsenic had obviously been deliberately placed in the coffee pot. So any deaths related to this poisoning incident are at this point being ruled a homicide. Good. Yeah. As far as any suspects goes, police have really no leads. No. Like, they were, like I mentioned earlier, I think they had, um, out of 50 members, they had, like, uh, up to 10 maybe suspects. But they really had no one, like, seriously named as a suspect. Why was I under the impression that this was solved? No, not yet, girl. Okay. Wait, so it does get solved. It does. Okay. Thank you. Oh, my God. I was supposed <laughs> to be like, this is We're not there yet. <laughs> yeah. So as, as far as suspects goes, like, they, as, after questioning the congregation and, um, they really have no true leads on anybody. Even if they suspect people, they have no true evidence or leads on anybody. Uh, until... I get it, yeah. Friday, May 2nd of 2003. Police get dispatched to the farm slash residence of Norma and Daniel Bundesen, Bundesen, which was five days after the poisoning incident. Oh. Uh. 
When they arrived to the residence, police discovered the body of Daniel Bondison, 53 years old, who had sustained a single gunshot wound to the chest area. Daniel initially survived the gunshot and was rushed to the hospital where he was he was later pronounced dead. Oh shit. The cause of death was ruled obviously the single gunshot wound to the chest, but it was ruled a suicide because police came across you know, when they discovered his body, they also came across a handwritten suicide note on the kitchen table. It had blood streaks on it. Ooh. Yeah. And in this note, Daniel reveals shocking information. He was the one who actually did the poisonings at Adolf Lutheran Church. His details in the note, you know, gives off the impression that Daniel carried out the tragic act of poisoning his fellow churchgoers alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, investigators, even after his note saying that, investigators still spent some time ruling out the fact that no one was an accomplice to Daniel. But they did ultimately rule that Daniel had acted alone. Mostly also because in his note, Daniel said, quote, unquote, I acted alone. I acted alone. One dumb, poor judgment ruins life, but I did wrong, end quote. The first I acted alone quote in his note was underlined. And the actual note and many details weren't released to, you know, to the public, Mm-hmm. But in it, Daniel also stated that he did not know he was using arsenic. He said, I thought it was something. And this is another quote. I'm sorry. He said, quote, I thought it was something I had no intent to hurt this way. Just to upset stomach like the churchgoers did me. End quote. Um... Yeah. So, I... and also just... And that was an actual quote. So the way it's worded and the... Obviously, it's like his suicide note. The emotions are, I'm sure, Just to high. upset stomach like the churchgoers did me. Like One, I'm wondering, what is he referring to? I don't know if you go into detail about that. But no, second, we never know, actually, on that. We never know. So he's just... <sighs> You, I'm, I'm going to try to not lose sleep over that, <laughs> about yeah. how he literally, like, no one could give even any insight of, like, oh, this particular event may have been what set him off. Yeah. Well, because his suicide was successful, we never get any further closure than like what was, was left in his note. And I'm so, I'm so sorry. I swear I was listening. Did you say that there was a girlfriend in the house at the time? So, there was a female named as to the owner of the property and I never got um, confirmation on I don't think it was his wife it was just like or if it was she was dead I don't just some random chick it wasn't like his living wife that's all I know yeah as to who it was it could have been like a dead wife or a 
was just a literal name that was on a piece of paper. But he mm-hmm. lived in the house alone at the time? Apparently, he was alone at the time. Yeah, like, no one else lived on the property. As I just, far as I know from my research, y'all. <laughs> um, from my life experience, I've never bought arsenic. But I think if I would, it would be clearly labeled. And yeah. there would be no way that I would mistake what I was putting in that coffee pot as well, anything exactly. other than and arsenic. Arsenic is very common to for your for farmers to buy in you know not like yeah. crazy amounts but it's mm-hmm. very common for them was to he a, buy. And he was a farmer and he lived on farmland, so yeah. it wasn't you know if he were it to go buy a certain place. amount, it wouldn't have been out of place. And yeah. so for him to claim he didn't know what it was was a little strange. But he we find out that I don't doing. think he meant to do as much damage and. I don't know. We, but we oh. still, because of Daniel's words, his motive is has been and always will be super unclear. He describes having an unf- an unharmful but revengeful reasoning. So, like you know, he wanted, like I said, churchgoers to feel the same pain in his stomach that he felt. That I don't think he ever meant to kill anybody or really send anybody to the hospital. So his reasoning for for why he did it remains super unclear. Yeah, I mean, fuck, I am going to lose some sleep over this because I'm just in my mind thinking of like, was there a sexual assault incident? Was there, maybe was he gay and they're homophobic? Like, what possibly in the spectrum of christians doing things wrong to other people within their church which granted i assure you there's a lot of them but it it's just whatever reason he's talking about i mean like even the the feeling in your stomach i'm like is that some kind of like sexual assault kind of thing i mean there are just so many roads that you can go down that you uh, I'm like damn this guy just really wanted to add another extra layer of terror by just not giving a flat out fucking reason for why yeah. he did it just basically saying like I'm sorry I didn't mean to do it but I right. did it and it also, was an accident <laughs> which after- is also a fucking blatant lie in my opinion after discovering Daniel's body and the suicide note and obviously everything uh, they conduct their, you know, the police or whoever was handling the case conducted more interviews um, just to get maybe, you know, more information to get a bigger picture. If, you know, see if anyone can get uh, witness information on Daniel's whereabouts leading up to the poisoning, like anything like that. Um they just wanted more of the story to find, you know, more clues as to who, what, when, just, where, why. Just literally the W's and his motive. So the investigation practically ended after the detectives agreed that Daniel acted alone. And what they gathered is that Daniel had gone to the church the morning of... And... 
basically poison the coffee pods. Although police didn't suspect Daniel at first, obviously, they did suspect the motive of the poisonings were due to internal issues at the church. Which, I guess, Daniel did voice in his suicide letter. Like I said, arsenic is common for farms, and uh, at one point, you know, it was used in pesticide, but that obviously was not the case for the arsenic levels in this point. And as far as motives go, church dynamics, as far as disputes, and there are so many different levels and categories of disputes that could happen within the church. Yeah, a a church can go so many ways, whether it be their viewpoint on life or them trying to force certain viewpoints of their beliefs into your life, which is not even the religion. It's just like the pastor. At least that's been my experience which I don't appreciate but it's so many there's unlimitless amounts of it could even be like a verse was said wrong and I'm so upset I mean the degrees that it could go from it being so unnecessary to it being something that would not make this case understandable but I guess would make them be like oh okay so that's where the rage and that's where the anger came from. But yeah, it, I mean, that secret unfortunately died. And if it was, you know, involving church dynamics, that stuff is so highly political that, Especially if know. it was involved with that, we would never, never know what happened. Media so, would never let that happen. <laughs> but also other motives, uh, you know, like... That it was something way less political, way less complicated. That he was just in more of a revenge, uh, more of a vengeful, vengeful mindset. And, mm-hmm. you know, like in his letter, he gave clues to that he never meant for it to get so bad and never meant for it to be so drastic. And that's why he ultimately ended his own life. Wow. So I, I truly, you know, I don't think it was anything dramatic. I think it was, uh, he didn't really know what he was doing and it got worse than he thought it was going to be. And I do, I do think that he, he for sure knew he was putting arsenic into that coffee. Oh yeah. I he don't... knew he was put. I, okay. As far as being clueless, I do believe he I, knew he was putting arsenic I in the coffee I think he was pot. clueless in the sense of I didn't it's think not going to be as harmful as it is. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to kill someone and eventually almost because kill 15 I, others. But. I'll tell you, I'll tell y'all, and it's it'll be an important life lesson for y'all too. Uh, if y'all have ever seen the movie Wedding Crashers, there's one scene that I took and my fucking warped ass mind just went and ran with it and it's when owen wilson i forget the character of his name but he goes to uh dump eye drops into the girl that he likes so he likes this girl and her boyfriend is like a total douche and cheats on her or whatever and like owen wilson plays the nice guy and he's like yeah whatever with uh vince vaughn or whatever <laughs> but owen 
season his opportunity when they're like giving grace at the table so he leans over the table and drops some eye drops into the guy's drink <laughs> and at the end of the night if you do that they end up getting like a terrible tummy ache like it really yeah, they fucks get with your system yeah well my grandma was telling that? No, I I knew that from watching the movie. <laughs> what I didn't know was, uh, like, l- maybe a month ago, my grandma, because I went to, <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this, because I uh, recently r- ran into an ex that um, did me dirty, <laughs> and I definitely thought for a moment, like, oh, I should totally go hug him and just throw some eye drops in his drink. Thank God, though, before I did this, my grandma told me, you know, people actually die that way. You can actually put enough eye drops, like, and it doesn't even take a lot. It's yeah. just a few, and it kills them. Because you didn't obviously, know that? I didn't know that it could kill you. I just thought it would make you poop. I just thought yeah. it would put you on the toilet, and I would get a good laugh. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Max. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't want a murder charge on my hand, but... Yeah, I literally thought it was just, like, a tummy issue. But, no, my grandma was like, no, someone actually died because they put way too many eye drops in the thing. But, so, that's where round circle, full circle, it comes back to where, yes, I can I can see where you just hear, like, oh, maybe arsenic in the littlest bit would give you this side effect. But, I don't know. When I hear arsenic, I just automatically think death. So I don't know how he yeah. could equate putting arsenic into a coffee pot as being a-okay. They're just going to get a little tummy ache. <laughs> right. I, so Who knows? Ugh. Yeah. Long story short. Sorry yeah, for that, well, right, guys? <laughs> so some of the aftermath, you know, um, it's said that what's really stuck with the community has been two important elements related to the poisoning, you know, that's stuck, which has been obviously that happened within a Lutheran church and also the love of coffee. So those two elements have really like been, you know, struck with this tragedy. (laughs) Um, And so not many of the victims today from the poisoning are still living, living (laughs) but a couple have described lingering effects such as uh, neuropathy throbbing pains throughout their body or you know their different limbs memory loss numb limbs like just the loss of feeling in their limbs completely and kind of etc so wow yeah but as far as the church goes, apparently since this incident throughout the, the years, <laughs> throughout the years, the church has regained their congregation and mm-hmm. still serves coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. I bet they're doing A-OK. Had no problem with shaking that one off. It's the beauty of religion, man. Yeah. Forget priest holes or the Puritan versus Catholicism era. I mean, we didn't kill a bunch of people in the name of believing in god no human race in general yeah well that was sorry Sorry. that's that's drunk Kristen getting a little (laughs) uh getting a little educational on everyone that was the story of the new sweden maine gustav 
Adolf's Lutheran Church coffee poisoning. Oh my god, I just got tongue twisted. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Boom. All right, and we're back. (laughs) Present present day us. Present day (laughs) us coming back at you. Wow, that was interesting. The coffee and the the suicide and the twist that I was not expecting. (laughs) Past me was shooketh. (laughs) I'll never stop drinking coffee. (laughs) You know, it's probably that and wine. Best ways. Literally, water, coffee, wine. It's the pyramid of poisons. Whatever. Of the mishaps. That'd be cute, put like cute design merch. That would be hey. such a cute. I would, like put that on a mug, but like actually, the actually triad, do. except it's uh-huh. our poisons. Yes, and then a little. Oh, can can someone hold on? Someone who's yep. Our assistant's writing this down. Yes, <laughs> assistant. Uh, what's your alter ego? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what's your middle name? But it's very hard to pronounce. Yeah, I wouldn't go with that. Um, I'm I'm, oh, I'm terrible at giving myself names. I tried to give myself a couple of nicknames growing up, and they snails. just did not work. Well, I call you Snails. Yeah, Snails works. Snails. Our, our assistant, Teddy Snails, <laughs> is, <laughs> writing, is writing a nice little depiction. He is unpaid. <laughs> I didn't know my alter ego was male. I mean, it's fine. I don't mind. I feel like Teddy Teddy Snails is just very masculine. Very you know, sometimes we also do dress masculine. Yeah. It fits. I could also imagine you with a goatee and it <laughs> <laughs> looking kind of good, but that's also, uh, I'm describing your brother. Okay, let me just send you a quick reference photo for the <laughs> Have you seen that one filter? It's like um, where it makes you into the man if you blink, and then the woman. That's what I'm and sending then... you. I did the filter on TikTok, and I'm my brother. It just looks like snails. So funny. <clears throat> and you know we've done like the face swaps before. Yes, <laughs> those have turned out so good. I want to see how I'd look like as a man. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're getting back to the podcast. Sorry, I yeah. Swear. We're, we're just... Hold on. <laughs> Hold... Just... This is important. <laughs> you know, I look like that weird... <laughs> I look like that weird guy. That weird hippie dude that asks you, like, do you want to get an acai bowl? Ah! Oh, my God. Not, not cute. You ride a Vespa for sure. <laughs> oh my god! You carry a messenger bag. Oh my god, I do. It's a vegan. It's vegan. And you leather. wear Pumas. Oh, oh, I'm not attracted to me at all. Is that bad? No, because I'm not attracted to me either. Because I literally look like my brother. Would not, would not date me. Okay, anywho. I don't even, I didn't even introduce, oh, because we haven't introduced the case. <laughs> Where were we? 
Any, any hoobies. Anywho. Now that we've picked up our spare change. Now, now that we've compared how <laughs> we look as males and if we think we're attracted to ourselves, uh, I'm going to talk about my case. So for today, I... I'm gonna get a little fucking educational, little fucking scientifical. Ooh, I should have worn my goggles. You should have, because you know the time we're in. I thought, what better time than to talk about the motherfucking reason why we wash our hands? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> I think has, a lot of it- us need to hear this right now. It, it's been a mystery for quite some time, you know, like, why is that reason? You know, I, I had a certain someone in my life, a certain ex, who um thought that washing their hands was, like, always a thing that has been around. And if you are someone who is like that, I really don't blame you. But if someone tells you otherwise, don't fight on them like you try to do to me. And today, I'm here to prove him wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fucking educational story behind it. Oh my god. No, I'm not desperate and still thinking about my ex. It was just a joke, okay? Hi, ex. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I, I just thought it would be a funny story because when I tried to tell someone, they really freaked out about it, you know? So I, I really, I really did first hear this story in school so thank you to the educational people who like made that happen i'm sorry i don't remember your name because science traumatized me later on like a short year after (laughs) thank you teacher neil (laughs) teacher neil (laughs) (laughs) professor no No, they were like not yeah (laughs) they don't deserve the title professor but they were a fucking uh they were mean. So, Neil, I'm looking at you. You ruined science for me. And that is why I'm an accountant and not a fucking motherfucking, like, me- metaphysical scientist. Thanks, Did Neil. Did I say that right? <laughs> Thanks, Neil. You made me this way. So, <laughs> anywho, I got, uh, I had originally heard this story, like, forever, forever, forever ago. Like, back in fucking seventh grade ages ago Hmm. back when dinosaurs roamed and i thought it was really interesting so it originally started with another mystery and that was the mystery behind maternal mortality specifically (laughs) that sounded weird specifically why the maternal mortality rate was so high in a hospital over in europe So, in Europe at the time, the leading cause of maternal mortality rate was, oh my god, I'm so drunk, and (laughs) (laughs) puerperal fever, sure, which is an infection Infection, known to be caused to the Steratococcus bacterium, (laughs) which, like... Again, Neil, your fault. I don't know what that means. But long story short, it um, basically killed women who were postpartum in large amounts of numbers. So when I'm speaking large, I'm talking about prior to 1823, one in 100 children or women, or sorry, one in 100 women had died in childbirth at the Vienna hospital. So 
Mm. One in 100 children, what percentage is that? Teacher high, 1%. Look at that. I'm still smart. Good job. <clears throat> so, I was going to say something else, so thank you. Yeah. But a policy change that occurred in the hospital that meant that medical students and obstetricians had to perform autopsies along with childbirth saw that the hospital actually had a huge jump in the number of maternal deaths. Mm -hmm. And so you saw that one in 100, so that 1%, go all the way up to 7.5%. So they had this huge huge, huge jump, sorry, because class, like 1% to 7%, that's a seven-time jump. Good job. Round of applause. (laughs) It's a huge, like, whatever it's a big jump but people at the hospital like i guess they noticed the seven percent jump but at the same time they were just kind of like huh that's weird like okay susan passed the scalpel yeah they didn't ask why yeah so i don't know so it wasn't really until later when the vienna hospital opened up a second obstetrist <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry i'm just drunk okay obstetrist obstetrist Obstetrician. 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 Obstetrics. Insert voiceover. word here. Obstetrics. Obstetrics. Division. Obstetrics. If I saw how it was spelled. Okay, I'm giving up. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't until the obstetrics <laughs> division that they decided um, that the newer division would be staffed entirely by midwives. So at some point, they had this whatever division <laughs> divided into two, and they said one of the halves is going to be completely run by midwives. And the older division is going to be ran by the physicians and the medical students. And so once these divisions were working separately and basically had settled and gotten their routines in order, it had become really apparent that the mortality rate in the first division, the division with the medical and physicians, was way higher than the division that had just the midwives Ooh, yeah well because midwifery had been around for a long time and they always asked for hot water for a reason yeah and And sterilize their shit i watched call the midwife okay (laughs) but even then and i'll like get into the science behind it it's pretty insane which is just like what just wait So it was around the same time that there was a 19th century physician that went by the name Ignaz Semmelweis that wanted to try and figure out, like, what the heck was going on. He was actually intrigued with the subject matter. So he was originally born in Hungary in 1818, so... We time traveling. We going back a little bit, but not that far. Honestly, eighteen eighteen. Yes, it's far. Only two for the subject matter that I am talking about. Not that far. Right. Kind of crazy. Kind of crazy to think about. Right. Anywho, so Semmel Louise was originally a lawyer 
or I guess like trying to get a law degree. But after kind of being discouraged or like losing his passion for that, he decided to move on to medicine and graduate with his own medical degree from a universe from the University of Vienna in 1844. This was actually a very prestigious school, but when he would go on to apply for positions in medicine, he would unfortunately get rejected from both the position in medicine and pathology that he had applied for. Why? Oh, because uh, it's well, it's uh, not really said if it was because he was a bad student. Um, I mean, I know it was a fairly prestigious school, but it, I mean, like, honestly, he seems like a really smart dude, especially for what I say later on. He seems like an extremely smart guy, but I know that sometimes if you are smart, you can sometimes be outcasted. So I don't know if maybe it was like, like one of those types of situations. Yeah. Or or just seen as, like, odd or right. sometimes. Yeah. And it, it's especially seen later on when he comes out with his theory at first. Like, no one believes him. So it, it's just, it very much, I think, may play into how society may have viewed this guy in general. Right. And then but, Vienna, too. Like, shit. We never know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And even though this was, like, one of the best schools, he just, for whatever reason, could not get people to see him as I guess like a good medical student I don't know so he from after being rejected from these two positions he finds himself in obstetristic obstetrics is that what I'm trying to say now that I'm a little sober (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what I was trying to say (laughs) (laughs) well I I haven't had a sip of wine since then so I'm getting it obstetrics i don't obstetrics i think uh, i also it, spelled if, this wrong if it's obsta- obstetrician 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 obstetrics i don't fuck someone <laughs> no. please help us i don't know anywho at the same time um so he found himself in obstetrics whatever obgyn which at the time was fairly new from a medical standpoint Like, when you think of it, like, Sarah, you had said midwives have been along or have been around for such a long amount of time that, like, that was the main form of birth giving up until a certain point. Like, women didn't get epidurals. Until it became institutionalized or commercialized. Yeah, like, women didn't go to hospitals. They would literally have a woman or they would, like, go to a place where a woman would go and like help other women give birth or whatever be in their home yeah or or like a little place where that woman who was a midwife would like run out of her home so it's just like um it it was a very much a, a midwife thing and it didn't become a medical thing until pretty much like the really late 1800s and even when this samuelese whatever Uh, doctor found himself becoming an OBGYN like because it was such a new medical position or whatever like it was seen as a really low kind of like ill you're an OBGYN like that's gross like you don't know how to be a doctor so they threw you with that position like that's how it was viewed it was not as prestigious and it would 
be seen as like you don't need as much skill or knowledge yeah. to be that kind of doctor. I think so there's still based... stigmas about that today. Uh, with I don't know within well, my fucking OB where we watching my OBGYN was male and he drove a Lamborghini so I think he was doing just fine. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they make, they make money, but uh, we're rewatching Scrubs for like the fifth time and. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's about... Oh, well, yeah. I guess in Grey's Anatomy, they do make fun of, like, the baby doctors, but... they don't. Yeah, they don't really make fun of them, but there's this kind of joke prodded at them that, you know, like, they're like, oh, here come the OBGYN doctors, and it's, like, five women strutting down a hallway all dressed in, like, dresses and nice, like... Heels but honestly, and... honestly though, half of my fucking OBGYNs have been males, which is weird. First off, that I think I even have a male OBGYN. Mm. I've only had, I think, just w- one briefly, but most of them ha- have been women. Theo, I mean, you saw the one he gave birth to Theo. Yeah, I, mean, I liked him. He sang him happy. I thought you didn't like. Him. <laughs> I didn't like him that one time because I was mad. Yeah, I was also pregnant. Your yeah. hormones go everywhere. So I've heard. Yeah, it's uh. true. <laughs> but anywho. Yeah, he seemed nice, though. So He was really nice. I felt bad for getting mad at him, <laughs> but at the same time, bitch made me fucking wait. Yeah. You don't make a pregnant That's woman true. wait, okay? You you don't. You don't. I think I was hungry, too. Like, <laughs> just don't do that. Semmelwise found himself in obstetrics. <laughs> Obstetrics. <laughs> he found himself so in obstetrics after, like obstetrics. Yeah, obstetrics. 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 And it was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you're not the shit. You're stuck in this position. Bye. So he started working the division in Vienna Hospital on July first of eighteen forty six. And once he was assigned, he right away sat out an investigation to find out why so many women were dying. Because this was a higher rate than they were used to seeing at the time. Like I had said, they were used to seeing like a 1% rate. And then once they had made this drastic change, they were seeing a 7% rate. And then when they divided the divisions, they were seeing like this crazy difference between the divisions. And so he was just trying to figure out like what the heck is going on let's see whatever i'm gonna do some investigation so he did a really good job of like scrutinizing everything so he even went as far as looking at the climate to the crowds that were in each maternity clinic he tried to pinpoint like what exact factor it would be and tried to throw out any type of thing that if someone said like oh well could it have been the sheets that weren't the proper thread count he would be like no bitch I already already fucking checked yeah or like some shit like that he would be like no I already checked like we're good so the only significant difference that he realized was that the male doctors and the medical students who okay like again were also male because sexist only they could be males could be doctors, whatever, that had delivered in the first division had been dissecting infected cadavers with bare hands. 
Meanwhile, the female midwives in the second division were just delivering babies. Barehanded. Because, yeah. I mean, barehanded, but at the same time, like, they weren't um, in cadavers. Right, yeah. They were just delivering Well, I mean, okay, not only is that a risk for transferring infection and diseases, but, like, well, yeah, transferring diseases. Like, if you have an open cut on your hand and you're digging in some body and they have some kind of blood disease or, you know, and you... Hmm. No, no, I I get it. I get it. Like, trust me, I get everyone's shock, everyone's gasp, everyone's flabbergastedness <gasps> that's going on. It's completely understandable. But let me tell you, like, doctors went into that shit barehanded and didn't wash their hands because it we really I know it's hard to think it. I know it's hard to believe it. But this is just a time where like you did that and it wasn't a big deal because that's not how people saw things as like being dirty or being infected or being like having a lot of bacteria it's like they're basically inoculating their patients with bacteria after like being immersed in these deceased bodies for hours but to them the science of the bacteria and like what is actually going on is not yet understood because it's not discovered yet. So like these people are literally not knowing what they are doing. So it's shocking. It's like fucking mind blowing, but you have to understand that these people had no idea. And even sem sem whatever didn't know just yet what was going on. But he was, like, really close to figuring out, like, hey, something is going on and it has to do with the fact that these dudes are dissecting these dead people and then going and delivering these babies. Yeah. Because prior to this time, the notion that something was dirty was if it emitted a bad odor, it contained disease. Or it transmitted a disease. So that in the olden days is how people would assume or get by or say that's when I need to wash my hands is when it started to stink. Which I don't know how your hands cannot smell after dissecting a dead body. But like that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. It's just like the notion behind that was that um, bad odors or what they would call miasma was the reason why diseases would be transmitted. Oh, okay. I mean, I could see where they're coming from, but... You, we really got to dumb products ourselves of their down time. like a century. Yeah, yeah. we really got to think like two centuries back. They are literally like, products of their time. So. Yeah, we like they didn't have no idea, the, no microscopes, no fucking. We just got cell phones, man. It's like we, when you really think about it, literally in our time frame, in my mom's time frame, people really lived just not knowing where the fuck people were, what the fuck people were doing. Exactly. That was. literally just like a common notion of life and i know it's kind of hard to imagine now so like you think that is hard to imagine just think something that was like not even in anyone who was on this planet right yeah you'd go years without seeing or hearing from your kin just knowing they're off somewhere 
Yeah. Just like hope they hope they survived. Hope they did good. Sam Louise. Sam Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Cracked the essential like perpetual fever mystery that had been going on after the death of his friend and colleague who was pathologist Jacob Kolekshikwa Kolekshikwa died after receiving a scalpel wound while performing an autopsy on a woman who had died on who had died of perpetual fever now, his autopsy had revealed that he had had a massive infection caused by that fever. <gasps> so now that Semmelweis had a contagiousness, like the, I guess, like ground zero of this contagion established. Yeah, what is it called? He, um, patient zero? Zero, yeah. yeah. So he basically concluded to his friends that a general sepsis arose from the inoculation of cadaver particles. Then perpetual fever must originate from the same source. The fact of the matter is that the transmitting source of those cadaver particles was to be found in the hands of students and attending physicians. So basically, like, what he's saying is, like, there are some fucking particles that are on these cadavers that are transmitting onto these people when they're like cutting into them with their scalpels i.e particles meaning like bacteria so but he like doesn't know that it's bacteria yet but this motherfucker's like on to it he knows what's up he's on on the right trail (laughs) oh yeah yeah like you would ride his crazy train like he actually knows (laughs) what he's talking about but at this time like everyone thinks he's literally crazy it's really sad. <laughs> we'll get into it. So no midwives at the time had ever participated in autopsies or any type of di- dissection. And students and physicians would regularly go between the autopsies and deliveries. So rarely between the autopsies and deliveries was there any hand washing for whatever reason. Like, I don't, like I said, I don't know why your hands wouldn't smell after that, but I guess in their mind they're like, oh, I'm going from one smelly thing to another, so it doesn't, like, really matter. Again, it's another time, so you just kind of, like, it it just, like, wasn't a common practice. Yeah. They didn't know. Yeah. What you don't know will kill you. Yeah. (laughs) So, gloves were also not commonly used in hospitals or surgeries until the late 19th century. Yeah. So, uh. so Semmelweis had realized at the time that a chloride solution that would get rid of odors would be, like, good to, I guess, use as, like, a hand-washing protocol that he began around his department so, starting in May of 1847, anyone entering the first division had to wash their hands in a bowl of chloride solution. So, the incidence of perpetual fever and death had dramatically decreased by the end of the year because of this. Hell yeah. But, unfortunately, there was this other dude, a real asshole called Jon Snow, who was not in Game of Thrones, but he would discover that cholera was discovered, or trans, sorry, 
he would discover that cholera was transmitted by water and not miasma, which is basically like the smell or yeah, the smell idea. And basically I know it doesn't make sense when I say this, but basically the whole notion behind Semwise's I or theory was that because of miasma, because the smell is emitting like bacterium or particles, like that's what's causing it. So when this dude finds out that, oh, it's not miasma that's transmitting diseases, a lot of people just kind of completely disregard Samwise's notion of bacteria. Even though bacteria exists, whether something smells or not. It's everywhere. At, yeah. yeah. At the time, people only connected his theory with miasma. Yeah. So when this notion was brought up that miasma is no longer needed, unfortunately, like, his theory was just completely thrown out the window. Yeah. So it's just really bad timing. And it, like doesn't make sense but for science at the time like that's what made sense to them so because they found that cholera was transmitted by water his like everyone discredited him and was like you're a fucking kook like we don't believe you you're crazy (laughs) we're gaslighting the fuck out of you like it's kind of whatever (laughs) so Because of all of this going on at the time, it was probably why, like, the chief working in the department of the OBGYN or that obstacle, whatever word that I can't say, (laughs) that uh, they refused to give Samwise, like, reappoint him another job or, like, give him another term working at that clinic. What the hell? And he was basically left, like doctorless fucking it sucks how like back in the day and maybe now like all these artists go live their lives like so depraved and then when they die they become discovered it's just like what the fuck so dana tila a philosophy of science professor at Purdue University told the Post that it sounded radical to some because of the prevailing ideas about how diseases were spread. Back then, she would say that people really believed in the miasma theory, that the wafting odors were largely responsible for spreading diseases, and if people cared about washing their hands in earlier decades, it was because they were trying to get rid of the smell and not the particles. Yeah. Which, like, to us, fucking stupid. To them, Well, yeah, because, like, what you can't see or what you can't smell isn't there. Exactly. Yeah. So, it may be because of this that Samwise refused to publish his work. And it really, like, just all of this contributed to his downfall. Like I said, this guy does not, like, get a really happy ending. Uh, With little recognition during his lifetime, he eventually died from injuries sustained in a Viennese insane asylum. Oh. Yeah. Um, Wow. It's kind of hard to find, like, necessarily why he got there, but 
a lot of starved artists in the end. I feel like it. It's not yeah. a. It's not uh, a hard spot to end up in. Was he there at the same time as Picasso? <laughs> Who knows? Fine, I'm just kidding. Was Picasso too. from Vienna? I don't think so. <laughs> but he could have been. I, I should know along this. For the, I'm just here along for the ride. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it just sucks. Like this guy really didn't get any credit, and it wouldn't be, of course, until after his death that his practice would become the most basic common practice of human hygiene to ever happen on the motherfucking planet. So, I mean, I would like to think that, like, heaven, hell, abyss, nothingness, wherever he is, he can at least get a little bit of ease to know that, hey, this thing that you discovered and no one gave you credit for, everyone does now, man. And it's because of you. And for that, we appreciate that. And that's kind of cool. And it'll just be like, finally, you motherfuckers listen. Super rad. I told you so. <laughs> and that's the biggest I told you so to have ever happened on the earth. And the fucking drunk mystery behind why we wash our hands. Well, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. I'm sorry I'm drunk. I'm sorry it took a lot of pauses. I'm sorry if the editing kinds turns out weird. Sorry. Yeah, we went off on a couple. We went off on a uh, lot of tangents. Unaired tangents. This is just, you know, if uh, drunk history, the the TV show wants to give us any, any uh, pointers, feel free to reach us out on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a Hulu. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Good Pods. YouTube. <laughs> At R A R W Podcast. And if you're feeling lonely. And you want to talk to somebody. Send us an email, guys. Red rum and red wine podcast at gmail.com. Mm, mm-hmm. 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 But yeah, that's, that's it. That's the story. Thanks for going back in history with us while drunk. Yeah, I got and water. Being mysterious. I got water on my chin because responsibility. Bill, you always you always consume water after you consume a bottle of wine. That's healthy for you. What is that? Ew, water. <laughs> well, I have my beer and my water, <laughs> but I'm not drinking my water yet. So, Mm-mm-mm. all right, guys. Well. Catch you next week for our regular episodics. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode because doing the research for the next one is it's not going to be as fun. But I suggest you get this drunk. So until next time, cheers.
To oh. cheers. <laughs> do we do cheers to drug mysteries and histories? I'd I say know. we just um why don't we make a little outro like um Oh my god, I meant to fucking yeah. I heard a cool cheers in Outlander. Everyone's oh no, I heard been... Okay, all right. Okay. Go. It's kind of random. Here's to new ships and to old ships, but especially friendships. No. Okay. Cheers to you, cheers to me, the two best friends that we can be and if you don't think that well then fuck you (laughs) bye bye